Rambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. March Madness update real quick as we welcome you into the 5 o'clock hour of the Burns and Gambo show. Good one. Cooking right now in the East Region Sweet 16, the seven-seeded Michigan State Spartans leading K-State 60-59. to The Wildcats are a three-seed, Michigan State a seven-seed. They're up by one point, about 11 minutes to go in that game as Michigan State trying to get into the Elite Eight. The other game going on right now, and this one's gotten a little bit better, but it was a, a whooping early. UConn beating Arkansas 44-29. Sounds bad. It was a whole lot worse a few minutes ago. Arkansas was just getting run. They've at least kind of sort of gotten back into it a little bit. They're down 15 with about a minute and a half to go in the mm. first half. Yes, they're, they're, I got UConn in that one. A lot I, of people had Kansas. You know, but Kansas got knocked out early. I had Kansas losing to Arkansas. And then, so I have UConn-Arkansas, and I have UConn winning this game. I have exactly the same thing. So UConn winning's good for me, good for you. Uh, Tennessee, later tonight, Tennessee versus Florida Atlantic. I've actually got Tennessee in the Final Four. So for me, that's a these are a big couple of games for them if I have any chance on winning this thing. And then the biggie later tonight at uh, 645 our time, and that is three-seed Gonzaga taking on two-seed UCLA. You and I have both each picked the Western region perfect up until this point. This is where we split, my friend, right here. You've got the Bruins. I've got the Zags. We'll see what happens tonight. Yeah. Me and you are the only people that can gain points with Connecticut. Everybody else had Kansas. So, you know, Murata and Bickley and everybody else had Kansas in this round. So me and you can gain some points here with a UConn victory. Let's go. Come on. Let's go. Let's get this. Let's have the Burns and Yambo show collectively be the best show here at the station, both in terms of actual radio stuff you and would, brackets you, as well. If UConn wins... UConn wins, then me and you are running, I think, one and two right now. I like it. All right, let's make that happen. Let's make that happen right now. All right, you said something in the last segment about the Suns as they lose last night to the L.A. Lakers, and and I think this is really this, this sums everything up right now as we evaluate the state of the Suns and not just have a conversation about the fouling, though we'll talk about that in a minute as part of this. We all knew this was going to be rough. All right, the minute Kevin Durant twisted that ankle in pregame warmups against Oklahoma City two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, and the minute it was announced that he was going to be reevaluated after three weeks, we all knew it was going to be a rough stretch. We looked at the schedule. We were trying to figure out how they were going to win games, who they were going to beat, things like that. I don't think anybody thought it was going to be this hard. All right, Nobody said it was going to be easy. I don't think anybody thought it was going to be this hard. It has been a real struggle without him, and not just because of the fouls. Kevin Durant, the whole team is built around the idea that you that our best four players are better than your four best players. And when you go a stretch without one of those four, and then part of that stretch includes two of the four, in some ways, what the Suns are going through right now is extremely predictable. They went from a very deep, well-rounded team to a very top-heavy team. You lose a couple of those parts, you're going to struggle. I just didn't think anybody thought it was going to be like this yeah. because at the end of the day, you still had Booker and you still had Paul. No, but the hardest thing is like, and this is really the most thing. I've never been in a situation in in all of our years covering this. Kevin Durant's played three games for the Phoenix Suns, but he's going to play for them in the playoffs. Like this is this is this doesn't happen. Like this doesn't happen. So like to sit here and try to like, you know, properly gauge what we're witnessing right now. The Suns suck. 
They suck right now. They're not a good basketball team. But they're about to get one of the greatest players that's ever played the game back on their roster to, 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 to match up with the guys they have. And it could mean all the difference in the world. We're watching a team right now struggle to beat the Lakers without LeBron James. And this team may win the NBA championship because Kevin Durant's coming back. I know. Think but about that for a minute. We're not basing it on you know, crazy, Kevin Durant's right? been here for... That's crazy when you think about yeah. it that way. Yeah, but we've never seen it. We've never this is this hasn't happened. Like, not, I don't know in the history of sports that anything has happened. You're taking one of the greatest players that's ever played, and you're saying you're not going to play with this team in the regular season. We're just going to insert you into the lineup in the playoffs, and let's see what can happen. Because that's basically what we're talking about, Bernsey. We're basically talking about taking one of the greatest players ever and saying you're only going to play with this team in the playoffs. Throw the three games out. They're garbage. It doesn't matter. He hasn't played with them. He hasn't played with them. Those three games are not playing. So you're this. So judging this and talking about all oh, the Suns lost to the Lakers, I I don't know what it means. I mean, I I don't think it means much. Yeah. What, what does it What does it mean that you lost to the Lakers on a Wednesday night in L.A. when they didn't have LeBron, you didn't have KD? You know, I mean, LeBron. The Lakers could say, "Well, we played all of these games without LeBron over the last four years." The, the, the Suns have not played with Kevin Durant. Right. You're going to take one of the greatest players ever, stick him on a team, and say, "Go, go win in the playoffs." So how are we? Why? How are we supposed to properly judge what we're witnessing right now? I'll, you know what I'm witnessing? The Suns stink. That, but but in a, in two weeks they might be great. <laughs> it might be that simple. It might come down to something as simple as that. And, and, and what does it mean? What does last night's loss mean? The only thing it means, the only thing it means, is that the Suns are one step closer to being in danger of having to play in a play-in tournament. That's it. That's really all and it if means. They do so what? <laughs> well, I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't so say so what. It's a risk. I don't think anybody wants to take. I don't think anybody wants no, to. You'd, ra- you'd rather not, right? But you'll, but you'll, you'll, but you like your chances with Kevin Durant playing. Yeah, of course, healthy. but it, it resides somewhere slightly above. So what? I think because it, it is, you know, you're just leaving an awful lot to chance if you're playing one, basically a game seven, and then if you lose, you're going to have to play another game seven. Unless God forbid, you should fall into the nine ten game, in which case you only get one game seven and your season might be done. I mean, it's it's for me that's a little bit more important than so what. But but it's also not the end of the world because your point is well made. The, the, the Where they are now and where they could be a week from now, it, it's I don't know if we've ever really seen anything like the gap that we've got right now. It's as, we haven't. It's as wide as the Grand Canyon right now between where they are and where they could be. And, and it, it does. It makes it so hard to assess. Now, that said, Doug Haller does such a good job over at The Athletic covering Arizona sports, Phoenix sports. Uh, wrote a story this morning. The five big son's concerns right now off of what he's seen. Now, a lot of this is really obvious, but some of it is worth talking about because we need to find Find out if any of this is going to stick when Kevin Durant comes back. Number one, of course, is just Kevin Durant's health, obviously, and that's the most important thing. They need him back. He needs to get back. Well, you know, James Jones, we had him on earlier. He's like, it's going to cure a lot. It's going to fix a lot when we get Kevin Durant back. Number two on his list is the rotation. And this is something you and I have talked a lot about today. This is something we've watched Monty struggle with a lot the last few games. I'm not, uh, Monty at this point feels like he's guessing. Now, I know that's an oversimplification, 
and not the actual truth. At this point, it feels like Monty's just kind of guessing. Last night, no Ish, no Damian Lee. T.J. Warren was one of the first guys off the bench, right? I mean, like, and he hadn't played hardly at all the last few games. It feels like he's really trying to mix and match what he's got right now to see what works. Right, but what do you what are you mixing and matching? I mean, it's like like the, these players are all very similar. Some are better offensively, some are better defensively, but none of them are good. You're talking about you're talking about minimum guys. No, I know, but some you're of talking them. About, but this is how you built the team now. Some of them you're gonna need when Kevin Durant comes back, and that's where you're kind of yeah. screwing yourself a little bit if you're the Suns. Out of you know, you can't help it, but you need to figure out which of these guys you're gonna use come playoff time, and you're hoping to use this time to figure out which ones, and you you can't. Right now, you're just trying to survive. If you're the Suns, Landry Shamit campaign. Okay. Landry Shamit, you need him. Campaign, you need him. Okay, that leaves a starter spot other than the top four, and probably one or two more bench guys. Right? Because Landry Shamit, campaign, the big four. Now you're up to six. You need three more guys. Three, one of them is going to be a backup big. I get it. It's going to either be yep. Bismack or Jock Landale. Okay, now you need two. Who are the other two? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? I mean, but does it matter point? whether you play yeah. Damian Lee or TJ Warren it's, or it's going to matter? Or Ish Wainwright? Does it matter? Yeah, it's going to matter. Those minutes are going to be important. You, you think that matters? I think it, it. I don't think you can just throw anybody out there. You want to throw your best guys out there. I don't think you want to just say, yeah, it doesn't matter. Screw it. Let's just play anybody. You don't want to do that. Do you think that's how they're going to approach this? The, I don't know if the difference between playing T.J. Warner Ish Wainwright is is something that matters. I I, I don't know. Campo, you're going to need ten to fifteen minutes out of those guys per night come playoff game. Those the, those you, you the and maybe you can lose those ten or fifteen minutes and still win the game, and that might still very right. well be the case. But that doesn't mean that you can just not care who you throw out there or not no, put I'm some just thought saying, I just think or who that you throw out there. I don't think that any of them are difference makers. Like, TJ could score you a couple buckets, but he's going to give up some on the other end. Ish is going to miss some three-point shots when he's wide open, but he may get you a couple of stops on the other end because he's better defensively. You know, Terrence Ross, he could score, he could shoot the ball, but, man, he's easy to go by. Guys have a real easy time going by Terrence Ross. I don't, I don't know. Like I know, I know, Monty's trying to figure it out, and you will come up with a rotation. But do I, and, and you're right; so these guys are gonna have to play a little bit. But I don't know if the eighth, ninth, and tenth guys are gonna have that much of an impact on playoff basketball games. Rock and Roll Hall of Famers Billy Joel and Stevie Nicks—they're heading to Chase Field for one night only on December eighth. Tickets go on sale tomorrow at ten a.m. You can win a pair of tickets now by visiting the contest page at ArizonaSports.com. It didn't cost a whole lot for the Cardinals to get him. Will the return look similar now if they move him? That's coming up. Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Burnsy. Yes, Gambo. So I was thinking about this during a commercial break. Okay. Just going back on our conversation with like we haven't seen anything like this before. With, um, you know, a guy, one of the greatest players ever just showing up to play for you in the playoffs. I mean, it'd be like I tell you this year, the Diamondbacks squeak in. They're in the, they, they make the playoffs as a wild card. Oh, no, by the way, Shohei Otani's going to play for them now. <laughs> that would be... No, really. Yes, that, like, that's what it would be like. The, yeah. The Cardinals sneak into the playoffs this year as a wild card. 
Okay. In four years, they... Okay. There you go. That's okay, better. Yeah, that's better. You, there's no... Yeah. yeah. And, like, I don't know, Aaron Donald's going to join him and play. Right. Like, I'm just going to join you guys and play. I'm yep. going to play defense for you guys. Like, yeah, exactly. That's, gonna... how crazy, like, that's how crazy this is. Like, we're, we're witnessing something, and we, we try, we're trying to talk about something that is unprecedented. It's completely unprecedented. It's nothing we've ever discussed before. I can't... I have no memory of anything quite similar to this at all. To basically say one of the greatest players in the game is not going to play for you, and then he's going to show up in the playoffs, and he's going to play for you in the playoffs. Like, it's just – and and I know, granted, he may play two games or play, whatever it is, but you know what I'm saying. No, I mean, I it's basically like he's never – hasn't played for you, and now he's going to play in the playoffs, and you have a chance to win. You know, and, and especially it's, – it's it's especially unique in basketball. And we'll talk about the Cardinals here in just a second, I promise, but I like where Gamble's going with this. It's especially unique in basketball because there's only five guys on the floor, right? Like, in football, you can even – like, I was even thinking about, like, J.J. Watt the year the Cardinals made the playoffs, right? Like he came, and not that J.J. Watt is Kevin Durant. I'm not suggesting that, but I'm trying to think of an example of a team that basically didn't have one of their best players all year and then got him right at the end, right at the playoffs, right when they needed him the most. And it kind of happened that year with the Cardinals and J.J. Watt, but even in football, it gets diluted because J.J. is just one of 11 guys. You know, he's one of 22 starters offensive okay, and defense. In the hockey. NBA, it's five dudes out there. It, it just doesn't work. Work like this. Go hockey. A couple of years ago, the Coyotes make the playoffs. And oh, by the way, Sidney Crosby's going to play with you guys. Right. Yeah. Like, this is like, we're, this is like, we're sitting here, we're judging the Phoenix Suns game by game, and Monty's upset with the fouls. Man, none of it, none of it matters. No, none of it matters. None of it matters. The only thing that matters is that this guy comes back and plays the way he's capable of, and we're going to forget about all this stuff once they start winning some playoff series if they do, if they do. And in some ways, this is a bed that the Suns made. And I'm not saying they have this coming or they deserve this because deserve doesn't have anything to do with this. It's just when they, they made a choice. They made a philosophical choice as an organization the minute they traded all those draft picks and Mikel and Cam and Jay to the Brooklyn Nets for Kevin Durant. They were they were putting all of their eggs into one very fragile basket. One basket where I mean it was it was always gonna be a risky play, right? And and everything you're seeing now, the way they're playing, the way they're winning, the way they're mostly losing, it just doesn't apply. They are gonna be we're gonna repurpose some of James Jones and what he told us earlier in the show coming up in the next segment there's there he's gonna fix so much of everything that's wrong with this team right now because this team is built for him this team is built around him this team is not built to be without kevin durant it's just not anymore it was but it's not anymore it's why they need him could you envision that there's a scenario out there which a player led a team to a championship Play led the play, led the team the best player led the team to a championship, playing in a similar amount of games no. to what Kevin Durant has played for with the Suns. No, I no, I think the, I think best case scenario happen. Kevin Durant's going to play nine regular season games with the Phoenix Suns. If not, I think like I said, best case scenario it's going to be nine regular season games with the Phoenix Suns. No, Gambo, I can't ever think of a circumstance like that. And, yeah, this and, is just so odd. Yeah. Like, and it's, it was sitting here we, we sit here game by game when the Suns lost to the Lakers. Who cares? I don't care. It doesn't matter. Doesn't freaking matter. Oh, they got a lot of fouls against them. Okay, great. <laughs> okay, one of the greatest players that's ever played on this planet is 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 about to come back for the playoffs. Like that, like that, that matters. That'll t- everything else will take care of itself.
Yeah, it will. But we still have to wait until he's going to come back. And if you missed the news from earlier, Dwayne, Wor- Dwayne Rankin of AZ Central reported Kevin Durant has been ruled out for Friday's game against the Kings, Saturday's game against the Sixers. DeAndre Ayton, and we've barely talked about DeAndre Ayton, but I tell you, I think if he were around, they win at least one of these games that they lost. I, I think if Ayton's on the roster, they're, they're, they're beating either Oklahoma City or they're beating the Lakers. Maybe not both, but I think I think. He he makes things better enough that they're winning one of these games without KD. The only thing, and you said it, so the only thing that really matters here is trying to stay out of the playing game. Yes. Nothing like that's, nothing else matters. That's the most important thing. Nothing just stay out of it because it is it is it is quirky and it's strange and the oddest things can happen in a one in any one game, right? On any given day, you know, you may beat this team nine out of ten times, but they beat you that one time. So I think, you know, that's the only thing you're trying to avoid in play. And even when you look at the schedule, you know, it, even if Durant comes back, you talk like he's gonna miss Sacramento and Philly, and then there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games left. One of them's a back to back. You know damn well he's not playing back to back. Yeah, of course not. Yeah. Denver, you know, versus Denver and at Los Angeles. He's, again, this is just something that is so unusual and so difficult to kind of gauge. You're basically, basically anybody, think about a star player joining any of your favorite teams, and he, and he didn't play for them all year long, and now he's going to join them in the playoffs and try to lead them to a championship. That doesn't happen. But these games do matter for the reason that you just said. And and while we can sit here and say, hey, you know what? Who cares if you're in the playing tournament? You're going to have Kevin Durant. Man, that is not a risk. They they shouldn't want to have to take that risk. They shouldn't no, be comfortable with their... They and, and they're not. I know they're not. They're playing to win. But, they're but, playing to win. But, but we, man, they're going, bringing a knife to a gunfight. Well, we can't be blasé about it. You know, we can't be we can't be cash about it. We, we've got to acknowledge that, that the reason why we're getting so worked up about a Lakers loss, even though on the surface it shouldn't matter, it does because you're inching closer to that play-in tournament. The reason why we shouldn't get worked up over back-to-back games against the Kings and the 76ers without a bunch of guys is that if they lose both of them, we could come in here on Monday and they're in the play-in tournament, right? That, that, and that matters. That is important. And that is something to be avoided. And so for me, if you're going to say to me, what, what really matters about these games that they're playing without Kevin Durant because it's just going to be so different when he returns? That right there yeah. is the only thing that matters. I thought that they would be, look, they almost lost to Orlando. So we could be talking about a six-game losing streak. Orlando almost beat them. I know. So I thought that they'd be mediocre without Kevin Durant. They're not. They're bad. They're not good. They're not mediocre. They're bad. 500 without him. I thought they'd be a 500 basketball team without him. Okay, they're not. No, they're not. Oh, no. Yeah, no. They're way not. They're one in five in their last six games. Now, the rest is, can Kevin Durant take a team that's bad and make them great? We're going to find out. It's going to be fascinating, but we're going to find out. It's quite the experiment. When we come back, Suns president of basketball ops and GM James Jones, he was on with us earlier. We asked him about all of it. We asked him about the free throw disparity. We asked him about KD. We asked him about whether he's a cure-all when he comes back. You'll hear what James Jones had to say on all of it next on the Burns and Gambo Show. 
and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, as Eric mentioned in the Sports Center update there, James Jones, we had him on earlier in the show. Normally we have James on on a Wednesday. He had to join us today with a scheduling conflict from a day ago. And I guess the timing ended up being good because we talked to James a lot about the fouling. And, and if there's one thing that was a very clear as a bell takeaway from our conversation with James is I, I it sounds like organizationally he would like everybody to be done with the foul conversation. We just got to be better. Um, you know, we're fouling. They're calling the fouls. Um, we can't control whether or not they, they give us free throw attempts, but we can control whether or not we're giving them up. And and so I think we set our piece and, and for our team and for our, our guys. In turn, we're focused on on correcting those things. You know, we just can't foul. You know, if we don't foul, um, it's a different game. We set our piece. That was the thing that stood out to me in that soundbite. We set our piece. Kind of get the feeling like, okay, we're done with this. We cannot keep complaining at this level. Seems like it. Seems like it. Now, yeah. the next time it happens, does it happen again? I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, it, and, and the next time the Suns play on Friday, I, I mean, is Booker still vocal about it? Are players still vocal about it? Is Monty still vocal about it? It depends on how the game is called. But it, it sounded like from our conversation with James, the takeaway was, all right, we're at DEFCON 2 right now. We need to back this off to DEFCON 3, DEFCON 4. We, we need to step away a little bit and, and not bring this up so much because I, I, it just doesn't, you're not making anything better for yourself by bringing it up this much. You, 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 I just don't think you're doing yourself any good by bringing it up like this. Yeah, I think that's the point. I think that's the point. It's like, look, we've done this. We did it in the Milwaukee game. We did it the Sacramento game. They 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 had fifteen more free throws in Sacramento. Milwaukee had I don't know twenty more free throws. And like every time this happens, we bring it up and nothing changes. So you know, I mean, why why keep arguing about it? We just got to fix what we can fix. And there's obviously like there's obviously if they go back and look at film, they're fouling guys. Okay, sure. It's like, it's like you know what they counted us for forty for for twenty three fouls. I only see us. We had four. Like it's, that's not the case. They, so they've got to fix it. They just got to fix the stuff that they can control. And if they're swiping at the ball too much, and you know a guy gets behind us, just give him the give him the layup rather than foul him because they're clearly fouling too much. Yeah, and, and look, I, I don't want to. This game is not played by a bunch of robots. Okay, you and I, we're not robots. All right, that game last night, Monty was pissed. Devin was pissed. Chris was, they were all very angry. And I'm not going to sit here and say that they're not allowed to be angry about a 46 to 20 free throw attempt deficit. I understand the human part of this. And the human part of it is like, come on, dude, seriously? 46 for them and only 20 for us? What the hell are we talking about here? I get that reaction. But at some point, you just got to let it go and move on and start focusing on something else because like you talked about earlier it's it's almost like the ultimate distraction right like it's it's a hey let's talk about officiating so we can not talk about all the other things that have been terrible these last couple of weeks because there have been things that have been awful whether it's the defense or the rotations or the this or the that or the injuries and and some point you just have to focus on getting back to work and being a better basketball team rather than begging for a bunch of calls that you may or may not get because that stuff just out of your control. Yeah, and I think I, the next time they get a, a big discrepancy at the free throw line, will, will they say anything or not? I, I mean, again, this, you, you say, you, you're sending film in. Like you're obviously sending film into the NBA on a regular basis. Here's what we're seeing: these calls. The NBA's got to look. The NBA's going to reprimand 
the officials if they're not doing a good enough job. So the only thing you could do is keep reporting it, keep reporting it, keep reporting it. And the NBA has to continue to work on these referees to be better at what they're doing. Um, the Suns also, you know, they are not one of the teams that drives to the basket. They're one of the bottom teams that are driving to the basket. They do settle for more jump shots from mid-range than anybody else, so they're not as aggressive. And and that could be a big reason why they don't get a lot of calls. Devin Booker went to the line, what, 12 times 12 last times. night? Yeah, 12 times. So he still got to the free throw line. Oh, he, it wasn't like he didn't get to the free throw second line. Second highest total of any player on the court last night. I, I, only Reeves got to the foul line more than Devin, which is us. And that's probably what had him pissed off, too. It's like, okay, come on, really? Austin Reeves, but if you look at Austin Reeves' free throw attempt totals the last four games, man, that's not just the Suns' problem. He's gone to the line like fifty three times his last four games. He's he's apparently figured out a way to get calls in the NBA based off of how he attacks the rim, how he uses his body, and, and whether they're justified or not. That's not just the Suns' problem, man. That's been a bunch of teams have had a problem fouling Austin Reeves. I just, yeah. I mean, I don't sit there. I don't sit. I don't think that the the, the referees go into the game like, man, we got it out for the Phoenix Suns. We're going to oh, get them today. Let's get. We need the Lakers to win so they can get into the play. I don't think that they go into the game thinking that. Okay, I don't like. I, I, so I think everybody. Oh, the, the, the Suns are getting hosed. Uh, let the referees aren't going into the game feeling like we've got to call more fouls on on the on the Suns than the Lakers. It's the style of play that these teams have. Are the Suns getting hosed on some calls? Of course they are. Of course they. Devin are. Booker got clobbered by D'Angelo Russell in the second quarter, and they didn't call anything. Yeah. There's a great, there's a good column from Dan Bickley right now at ArizonaSports.com, and the, the factoid out of it that stood out to me the most is that Golden State, and certainly no one would argue there's a conspiracy against Golden State, man. They've got some of the biggest stars in the NBA. They're one of the most popular teams in the NBA. They're dead last in free throws attempted. Right? They take about what? About 21 a game? Yeah, 22 a game? And the reason why? They play that kind of style. They, they play a style that doesn't, right. that doesn't demand the whistle blow a lot. And so there's no, there's no greater conspiracy against them. There's no big, big picture fighting against them. They play a style that's not conducive to getting calls, so they don't get calls, and nobody believes it's some bigger picture conspiracy that's going on against them. By the way, there's 10 seconds left. Michigan State trying to win the game against Kansas State, or at least send it to overtime, and they might do just that. They just got a driving layup. It's 82-80 with about five seconds to go. All right, more from James Jones. Focus on what we can control and not fouls. That's the thing that we can control. Um, and so, you know, we're going to focus on what we can control and, you know, stand in front of the, the offensive players, you know, showing our hands, um, you know, trying to, to avoid collisions. Um, but the thing we can control is whether or not we foul. So we're going to move forward. I mean, harping on it any further is not really going to change the outcome of yesterday's game. We just have to get ready for Sacramento, a really good team that's playing some good basketball as we be near the end of the season. All right, let's play a couple of the James Jones cuts that don't have anything to do with the officiating. Let's talk about the rotation. And you asked him a question about figuring out the rotation and how tough it's going to be until Kevin Durant comes back. It's going to be an ongoing challenge until we get Kevin back. Uh, you're still talking about trying to plug guys into a role um, to fill a hole um, that Kevin will fill for 36 to 38 minutes a night. And, and so it's, it's a balancing act that we'll continue to, to you know, uh, explore and and manage, but it's 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 that time of the year where you know every game counts and, and rotations matter a lot. And uh, with a, a team that's like I say newly constructed, um, our our growing pains are, are visible. But you know we'll we'll, we'll continue to 
to, 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 to mow through it. And like I said, as we get whole, it'll start to settle and, and hopefully we'll start playing our best basketball sometime in the next few games. To the point where you would even ask him if, if getting whole, if Kevin Durant will solve everything when he comes back, if, if he fixes everything when he comes back. And he says it's going to fix a lot, right? It's going to go a long way. Here, here's James on that. Yeah, it, it fixes some. Um, you know, the other things, are, you know, the, the fouling, um, the turnovers, uh, I think a lot of that is just guys ex- doing more than than normal, and also teams uh, attacking us in certain ways. Um, it's not going to fix everything, but anytime you get a player of Kevin's caliber back, it, it fundamentally shifts and changes your team big time. And that's what we're all waiting for. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, it seems like we've been wait. It seems like we've been waiting for a, since the summer for Kevin Durant, and then you got this quick little tease. You know, for three games, that really doesn't count for anything. But yeah, I mean, it's yeah. Listen, there are people that um, that 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 were for the trade. There were people that were against the trade. Nothing you can do about it now. The only thing you can do is to hope this guy comes back, comes back healthy, and that you're in a position where you know you can gel quickly enough to win some playoff series and have a chance to win a championship. I'll add this uh, to the uh, report here. Dwayne Rankin from AZ Central has been reporting for about the last hour. Kevin Durant. Durant and DeAndre Ayton both have been ruled out for the next two Phoenix Suns games. They've got Sacramento tomorrow and then Philly on the second night of a back-to-back on Saturday. No KD, no DA for both of those games. That according to Dwayne Rankin, who's reporting that those two players have already been ruled out. I can't remember what's after Philly. I'll have to look real quick to see what comes after Philadelphia because then we really start getting into the last, you know, they've got 10 games left. They are, after Philadelphia, they're at the Utah Jazz on Monday and then home against Minnesota on Wednesday. Now, at that point, that Minnesota game, that's three weeks. That will have been three weeks to the day that Kevin Durant suffered the injury, and that was the timeline that we were given in terms of a reevaluation. So we, we are coming up very rapidly on three weeks that Kevin Durant has been out. We'll see how much of a difference that makes. All right, so you got overtime in that Michigan State-Kansas State game, and UConn has just beaten the hell out of Arkansas. Still? Because I know Jeez. Arkansas had, had started They're to make up by it. 30. Oh, my gosh. Arkansas had cut that thing to about 15, and UConn just laughed and said, Hold my beer, and that's a thirty-point lead 30. right now. That's a thirty-point lead you got over Arkansas. Wow, Jeez. that's crazy. Yeah, K State, Michigan State in overtime, uh, with K State leading by a point, eighty-four, eighty-three, four and a half minutes to go in the extra session. There. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, Diamondbacks getting closer to the start of the regular season. Who among their players have the most at stake going into the season? We'll talk about that coming up on the Burns and Gambo show. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Burns and Gambo. What's on tonight? College basketball, and this is just a doozy between Michigan State and K-State. Man, they are just trading punches right now. It is fun to watch. They're in overtime. minute and a half to go. Michigan State's got a two-point lead. They're the seven seed against K-State. They're the three seed. They're just trading baskets and playing physical. And there's been a there's been a great yeah. NCAA tournament game going on right now. Great one. And Arkansas just went on a ten nothing run because UConn can't inbounds the inbound the basketball. So they just went on a ten nothing run. 
um, to close to 19, but then Connecticut just hit a three. So okay, backed up by back up by 22. UConn with about the other game on 13 minutes to go there. UConn, yeah, I've got them with a 22 point lead right now. Whereas uh, Michigan State and K State, uh, it's 92-91. Michigan State with a minute and a half to go in this game, and I, I'm telling you, words don't do this one justice. This has been a fantastic college basketball game. Later tonight, if we're talking about the games that we're going to watch tonight, uh, you've got Florida Atlantic. They're a nine seed taking on fourth seeded Tennessee. I got Tennessee in the final four, so you know who I'm rooting for tonight. Ooh, do you really? Oh, I do. Yeah, I, I, I kind of thought it was a little bit of a bold pick. I didn't. I got the sense not a lot of people were picking oh, Tennessee. You're going to make some, some ground on people right there because I don't think anybody else has Tennessee. Potentially could. Yeah, I, I don't think who, they. Who was, the, who was the popular pick in that on that side of the bracket? Marquette was a big popular Marquette. pick. Yeah, Marquette. Yeah. So I, if Tennessee can win against Florida Atlantic tonight, they would play the winner of this Michigan State K State game. Um, if I can get Tennessee in the Final Four, I feel like I'm going to jump over a lot. So we'll, we'll you are. You're going to jump over a lot of people. And then you and I have a big game tonight later uh, because you and I have both picked the West bracket perfectly. Up until Perfectly. this point, and that includes UConn beating Arkansas tonight. We both have that. Where we split, you've got UCLA winning tonight. I've got Gonzaga winning tonight. I've got Gonzaga going. I've got Gonzaga going to the Final Four. You've got UCLA going to the Final Four, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So me and you are the only ones that have UConn winning. So we're the only ones that are going to gain some points here. We're each going to get like eight extra points. Um, UCLA and Gonzaga is pretty split. I think a lot of people have UCLA. I have UCLA in the Final Four. You have Zag in the Final. Final four. Yes. But you have all four of your final four teams intact. I've got Bama, Tennessee, Houston, and Gonzaga. And I have okay. Houston beating Bama for the championship. So, yeah, so I've got all so, final four teams there. Yep. So one of us is going to lose a final four team because I've got UCLA. You have Gonzaga. I don't have UConn. I do have UConn winning this game against Arkansas. So one of us is going to lose. A, if, I, if UCLA does not win, I'll be down two final four teams, but I still have Houston and Bama in my championship game. But that would that would be a big blow. And I'm in first place right now, but that would be a big blow if UCLA loses this game. Yeah, and then uh, those are the two games coming up later tonight uh, on, in terms of what's on tonight. No Coyotes tonight, no Suns tonight. They're all off tonight. Both are back in action tomorrow, the Coyotes and the Suns. And then tomorrow night in the um, NCAA tournament, i pull it up real quick so I can look at the schedule. I know it's not what's on tonight but it's what's on tomorrow. Friday, Sweet 16 games. Top seed Alabama taking on San Diego State. That game starts at 3.30 as K-State. Was that a three-pointer, Mitch? Did he just hit a three? It was a ridiculous From, alley-oop. Oh, well, it was an alley-oop. alley-oop. Okay, I, I just looked up at the last second. It's 94-92, K-State over Michigan State. I'm telling you, it's great. Number one, Alabama versus fifth seed San Diego State. Top seed Houston versus fifth seed Miami. Sixth seed Creighton versus number 15 Princeton tomorrow. And number two, Texas versus number three, Xavier. Those are the games coming up tomorrow. So March Madness continues, Gambo. Um, Diamondbacks baseball. We're going to talk to Troy Lovello tomorrow for our weekly visit with him. Looking forward to that. We're getting closer to baseball season. I believe opening day is one week from right now, right? One week from today. Is it a week from yeah, today? Yeah, the Diamondbacks are in Los Angeles taking on the Dodgers one week from tonight. Nice. You ready? You ready for a little baseball, Gambo? Oh, I love baseball. I mean, I am. I I get so geeked up. Baseball's my favorite sport by far. So I'll be that I'll be that guy that's I'm, you know, 
I'll go to bed with my iPad and I'll be, you know, watching the game, you know, the highlights of all the games or I'll, there'll be a game on that's on late and I'll watch it for a little while before I fall asleep. So I'm, you know, that's, I, I'll, I'll, I can watch any baseball game and be very happy. I know. I do know this. Um, as we get closer, expect a lot more stories like this on theathletic.com. Which MLB players have the most at stake in 2023? They went team by team and they picked one player from each team. Who, okay, would, you, who would you choose if you were choosing a player on the Diamondbacks who had the most at stake in 2023? The most at stake? Yeah, who would you choose? It's a really good question. Um, probably Zach Allen. Okay. Because I think he's in line for a gigantic payday. Um, and, and if he has a great season, the Diamondbacks may be forced to trade him before they lose him for nothing. Yeah, I'm, I, that's a good one. And I probably would have said him or Cattell. Marte. Or Cattell, Mar- Cattell was the one I was thinking of. Uh, Zach yeah, Buc- makes sense. Zach Buchanan from The Athletic went with Madison Bumgarner. As the player, like if he doesn't perform well, like if he looks washed up, then they're so stuck with him and they might have to look elsewhere for a starter and they might have to move on from him in their rotation if he shows signs that he's done early on in the season. He was terrible See, in the was second the, half last what year. Was the, what was the question? The question was... Which MLB players have the most at stake in 2023? Yeah, I just don't... I mean, Bumgarner got his $90 million. He's got his World Series rings. I just... I, I, didn't, I didn't include him because I just didn't... You know, I, I didn't... If, if he doesn't pan out, he doesn't pan out. Who cares? You know, they're getting off of that contract as soon as they can get off it anyway. I don't expect him to be great. And I think it, I think that the ceiling for him is mediocre. I think that I don't think you're wrong. I just think if he doesn't perform well to start, the Diamondbacks are going to have to figure out what they're doing with that rotation spot. Like, I don't think they can roll him out there every five days. If he's not good, if he's washed up, the Diamondbacks will right. have to make it. And that's why he has a lot at stake, because if he if he doesn't want to end his Diamondbacks career or end his career career doing something he doesn't want to do, then he's got to perform well in the first half of the season. Well, so the Diamondbacks don't demote him to a role that he doesn't want to do. That's why do, he has the you, most at stake. Unless you don't want him. So that, you know, I'm a big addition by subtraction guy. So to me, I think it's the sooner you can, you can get off of him, the better. So whether that's, you know, he, he performs well and gets traded or he performs um, poorly and you eat a contract. Performs poorly and you get him out of the rotation. Yeah, he performs poorly yeah, I don't and know. get him in the bullpen or eat a contract to get him off the roster. That's what he has at stake for this season. I'm going to say you probably you know, eight starts is what you might give him and no more than that to figure it all out. Maybe less. Especially when you've got all those young guys, you know, that you want to take a look at who are vying for spots down there. I don't know. I mean, there's, if we think about, okay, guys who have stuff at stake this year, um, I'm trying to think who else I would put on that. Marte's a great one. I, I, Cattell, he's, he needs to have a Cattell Marte year. I mean, there was a Friday you were gone. We had Tori on, and Tori was telling us about the uncomfortable conversation he had to have with Cattell about needing him to reshape his body, but needing him to lose a little weight, how they needed to get him back to the Cattell Marte, the body type that he had a few years ago when he was really, really good. They want to get him back to that level. We'll talk more about that with Tori tomorrow. We are out of here. Big Red Rage is next. Zach Paschal is the special guest. We'll see you tomorrow straight at 2 o'clock here on Burns and Gambo. 
Have a great night, everyone. You still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Go.